welcome back to The Daily Poem here on the Closeries Podcast Network. I'm David Kern. Today is Christmas Eve, so Merry Christmas to everyone. Thank you for joining me. Uh, Hopefully you are doing some baking or perhaps uh, you just got in the car and you're headed over to your grandparents' house or your children's grandparents' house. Hopefully you are having a great time celebrating and thank you for bringing us along for the ride. Now, I've been reading a lot of serious Christmas poems, minus Phyllis McGinley, I suppose. But today I'm going to read a classic. It's a classic, but it's not necessarily serious. It's lengthy, though, so I'm going to dive right in. I probably won't say too much about it, but uh, I think you'll see why here in a moment. It goes something like this. Twas the night before Christmas, when all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The children were nestled all snug in their beds while visions of sugar plums danced through their heads, and Mama in her kerchief and I in my cap had just settled our brains for a long winter's nap. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I sprang from my bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters and threw up the sash. The moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow gave a luster of midday to objects below, When what to my wondering eyes did appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer? With a little old driver so lively and quick, I knew in a moment he must be St. Nick. More rapid than eagles his coursers they came, and he whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer and Vixen, on Comet, on Cupid, on Donder and Blixen, to the top of the porch, to the top of the wall, now dash away, dash away, dash away all. As leaves that before the wild hurricane fly, when they meet with an obstacle, mount to the sky. So up to the housetop the coursers they flew, with this sleigh full of toys, and St. Nicholas too. And then, in a twinkling, I heard on the roof the prancing and pawing of each little hoof. As I drew in my head and was turning around, down the chimney St. Nicholas came with a bound. He was dressed all in fur from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. A bundle of toys he had flung on his back, and he looked like a peddler just opening his pack. His eyes, how they twinkled, his dimples, how merry. His cheeks were like roses, his nose like a cherry. His droll little mouth was drawn up like a bow, and the beard on his chin was as white as the snow. The stump of a pipe he held tight in his teeth, and the smoke had encircled his head like a wreath. He had a broad face and a brown little belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. He was chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf, and I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself. A wink of his eye, a twist of his head, soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. He spoke not a word, but went straight to his work, and filled all the stockings, then turned with a jerk, and laying his finger aside of his nose, and giving a nod. Up the chimney he rose. He sprang to his sleigh, to his team gave a whistle, and away they all flew like the down of a thistle. But I heard him exclaim ere he drove out of sight, Happy Christmas to all, and to all a good night. So, this is a poem which you also have heard as Twas the Night Before Christmas. And in this version, it's called A Visit from St. Nicholas, which was the original title. It was first published anonymously in 1823, but uh, it has since been determined that it was written by a writer and professor of Oriental and Greek literature as well as divinity and biblical learning. And uh, his name was Clement Clark Moore. He lived from 1779 to 1863. So this is quite an old poem. 
And one of my very favorite parts about this poem is the bit where it talks about how Santa, or St. Nicholas rather, that St. Nicholas is, uh, his clothes are all tarnished with ashes and soot. I love the image of St. Nicholas coming down the chimney and covered in ash and soot as one would expect when you go through thousands or, or millions of, of fireplaces in one evening. So I, I you know, I, that's one of the reasons I think that this poem has lasted 150 plus years, the way that it is so vividly rendered, um, the things that so many children and, and adults have imagined for for centuries. In some ways, though, it, it's interesting that it, seen, it, it precedes even A Christmas Carol. This was written not too much um, after A Christmas Carol, which was published in 1843, that being uh, Dickens' novella, you know, the, the one about Scrooge. And so together, those, these two works seem to have played a rather significant role in the degree to which Christmas was celebrated um, in England and America. And um, it's amazing to me how a work of literature, these cultural artifacts, these artistic uh, achievements can change an entire culture, can, can literally change the world. Not that that's what they set out to do. Um, probably they set out to, at least in, in Clement Moore's uh, instance, set out to provide some pleasure and to tell a good yarn. And Dickens, you know, for Dickens, there certainly was some um, world changing he wished to do, although it probably had less to do with uh, the influence of Christmas or the, the degree to which it was celebrated as much as it was political and, and uh, social. But nonetheless, works like these are just great evidence of, of the degree to which art can uh, influence culture, can really make and define culture. Um, so uh, this, is, this, is a, a, this is a great little poem, and, and it's no surprise that it's lasted for this long. Because it's so long, I won't read it again. But uh, as St. Nicholas says in this poem, I do wish you all a happy Christmas. Happy Christmas to all, and to all a good night talk to you on Christmas Day with another poem.